0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Many media outlets have reported that the Reds are done spending money on free agents this year, but not so fast. Ken Rosenthal is reporting that the Reds are still in on an old friend for 2023. Uh, In 2022, the Reds bullpen was a hot mess. That's the best description we can come up with for it. Uh, We're going to tell you how confident we are in the arms that remain in the bullpen for 2023. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On Reds. Let's go.
2: You are Locked On Reds, your daily
0: Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day, you are locked on Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker. Thank you so much for joining us here. As we are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, bringing you the Locked On Reds podcast. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We have turned a lifelong fandom, really an addiction to the Cincinnati Reds, into information for you. And thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's podcast, we are going to dive into some new rumors surrounding an old friend coming back to Cincinnati. We're also going to take a look at the bullpen. Something that we always have problems with, it seems like here, at least in recent years. What kind of confidence level do we have on the guys that are currently on the roster? We'll we'll dive into that. Plus, are we worried about another familiar face being in a different place in division? We'll get into that coming up here a little later on, but Steve, I want to start first with the uh, report that we saw from the esteemed Ken Rosenthal that says Johnny Cueto has narrowed his teams down to three. Cincinnati is one of those three.
1: That's right. Uh, Ken Rosenthal reported yesterday uh, that, uh, Johnny Cueto is in talks uh, basically with the Padres, uh, the Miami Marlins, and that the Reds are still interested. So, you know, he, I, I take this kind of with a grain of salt, Jeff, but I, I I believe if Ken Rosenthal reported it, someone told him that. Someone told him the yes. Reds are in. Typically, though, we don't see the Reds share that kind of information. Uh, so I suspect... That uh it was probably uh someone involved in the talks is on Johnny Coito's side, his agent, somebody that works for his agent. Uh it's probably a bidding war right now between Miami and San Diego, and uh they dropped in that third team just to kind of fuel the negotiations a little bit. Right. That being said, I, I still have say and have said all along that Johnny Cueto makes so much sense for the Reds to sign because he would be relatively inexpensive in baseball terms. Uh, he still has some baseball left in his arm. It would be a name that the casual fans would recognize and get excited about, and right. it actually fills a need, which is the fourth spot in the rotation heading into the 2023 season.
0: Yeah, let's, let's separate two things right now. Firstly, you and I are going to be absolutely stoked if this happens. I mean, absolutely excited. And and I love the fact that the Reds are still in on this. Like you said, though, to what extent? What are we talking about here? And honestly, I think that, yes, while the fan part of me is super excited about this, the guy that watches this team every day, the guy that keeps up with this team every day, thinks it would be a huge surprise if the Reds pull it off especially from the quote that Nick Crawl had that whenever he was asked after Will Myers was signed whether or not the Reds would be in on any more free agents he said the words we'd have to get creative when it comes to the money that it would take and, and stuff like that so yes Johnny Cueto would fit amazing on this team and he would bolster a rotation that has questions about the depth of the rotation but I would be surprised if the Reds pull this off.
1: I would too. And let's and let's just kind of pause and remind ourselves what Johnny Cueto's 2022 looked like, uh, pitching for the Chicago white Sox, He went eight and 10. If wins and losses matter to you, a 3.35 ERA in 24 starts, 158 innings pitched. Uh, he had a pretty good year, Jeff. I I, I mean, you know, he wasn't a world beater, but strikeouts per nine innings at 5.8, uh, you know, his fifth was 3.79 uh he had a decent year uh he yep. showed that he's still in a position to get guys out and and be a solid piece of a major league rotation so that gives me pause it, 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 at the stage of johnny coito's career that he's in uh san diego makes a whole lot more sense for yeah. johnny coito to go try and 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 get one more postseason opportunity before he has to hang it up than coming to cincinnati now you know if if Johnny cares less about that, and I'm, I'm not sure that's true. Uh, if he cares less about that and is more interested in the feel-good nostalgia, if the, if the Reds are willing to pay him and bring him in for that, then great. Uh, but I think from Johnny Coito's side of this, it just really makes more sense to go somewhere where he could be pitching in late October uh, trying to get himself a ring.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, if you're telling me there's a list of three teams, the Padres are on that list and the other two teams are the Marlins and the Reds, I'm choosing the Padres all day. I mean, better weather for one. But also, you're going to be in those meaningful battles. And I think that – sorry. Oh, excuse me, getting choked up thinking about this. Um, but when, <laughs> when it comes to, like, thinking about the Padres' position compared to the Reds and the Marlins, like, I don't think that the Marlins are going to be severely outbid by both the Reds and the Marlins, so you can take that off the table. And then you've got meaningful baseball that you're talking about there. And, yes, everybody always says, well, you know, Johnny Cueto still maintains a good relationship with the Reds, and the Reds are a team that players want to be here. They want to be in Cincinnati. But at the end of the day, if you're telling me that he's got a chance for another ring, I'd go for the other ring all day long. And, look, Ken Rosenthal reporting this, there's few people I think – You could probably put him and Jeff Passan together and say, which one do you trust more? But those are the two most trustworthy guys when it comes to reporting baseball stuff. But I just don't think that the Reds leak information. It's like what you said, and and I totally agree with it, is that the Reds just don't leak information on possible signings. We find out about them, and then it's like, boom, they're signed. It's not we hear about this a week ahead of time, and then, oh, hey, it happens. I mean, I,
1: I remind you that, you know, last year we were finding out about signings of this team because the beat writers were going into the locker room and <laughs> seeing, seeing nameplates name plate. yeah, on that lockers. Great. So <laughs> that's, that's how the Reds communicate signings. So this for me, I think, is a little bit of bluster. Uh, But again, I believe absolutely somebody told Ken Rosenthal that the Reds are still in on this. Uh, You know, you mentioned Passin, you mentioned Rosenthal. Those are the only two national media guys that I really pay a whole lot of attention to when it comes to these baseball rumors. You know, if this was Heyman, we wouldn't even be talking about this. But, you know, it's uh, Keith Law, we wouldn't even be talking about this. But, and and, and let's face it, Law wouldn't be talking about the Reds anyway. But it's just a fact of the matter that, you know, uh, we're in the middle of uh, the cold, dark days of winter. The the Red's hot stove is is not even lukewarm. So for them to to be linked here, you know, it was at least worth uh, spending a few minutes talking about it and uh, you know maybe dispelling it a little bit, uh, tempering expectation. I think that's probably a better way to put this. Yes. Let's not have everybody get all excited for something that we think is you know probably not likely to happen.
0: And that's the important thing here. We're not saying we don't want Johnny Cueto to be a red. We would love Johnny Cueto to be a red. What we're saying is don't expect it. it. It would be a huge surprise because look, Johnny Cueto fits amazingly on this team and he would absolutely build this rotation up something that needs. I mean, we've talked about this before. If we're going to lean heavily on the second year being good for green, Lodolo, and and expecting all three of those things to happen, that's That's hope. That's not expectation. You want a veteran presence in there. I would just be very, very surprised if Johnny Cueto ends up being that guy. And,
1: and, and let's remember that the fifth guy in this rotation is probably going to be a rookie. So three second years and a rookie, you need somebody that's a little bit experienced to kind of just uh, round that whole thing out. And while Cueto would go a long way in bolstering the reds rotation, Jeff, not much attention has been paid to fixing this bullpen. That just there's no other way to describe than it being a hot mess. Uh, coming up, we are going to rate our confidence level in the arms that remain in the bullpen, uh, carrying over from 2022 into the 2023 season. And we'll tell you who you can uh, bet on. Even and speaking of betting on, I want to talk to you about t- the sponsor of today's podcast, Bet Online. Uh, You can find the latest in player developments, team matchups, news, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find over at betonline.net. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information. They've got live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport around. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events. They've got the NFL. They've got the NBA. They've got hockey. They've got futures for Major League Baseball. They've also got MMA, boxing, golf. You name it, they have it. Head over there. You can get all of the information you need to make some informed wagering decisions so head to betonline.net right now using your mobile device or computer to learn more uh you know i had uh, a pretty good football season thus far jeff i know i've told you that uh I'm, I'm up 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 and i'm hoping that that continues through the postseason because i made a couple wagers at the beginning of the year on those Bengals to win the afc north who i also um Made a little wager on the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. So let's hope both of those things happen and I get paid because it's all about me. No, I'm just kidding. Bet online had you covered with, oh, that's right. Hude. Bet online has you covered. So head over there, betonline.net. Bet online is where the game starts. Oh, and by the way, Ohio folks, sports betting is now legal. In the state of Ohio. So if you want to be really informed about where to place your bets and where to make your wagers, uh, download and subscribe the locked on podcast locked on bet. They have daily picks. They have analysis. They have all of the information you need to grow your bankroll. Like I grew my bankroll this year. That's the locked on Bet podcast for all of your sports wagering information. All right, coming up uh, tomorrow... We've got another edition of the live Aloha Friday, Locked on Reds, where we take your questions and comments and put you in the driver's seat and talk about most things that you want to talk about. Uh, had to filter a couple times because you guys are hilarious. But uh, for the most part, we put you in the driver's seat. Uh, you can join that conversation on our YouTube channel. Bring your questions, bring your comments, make sure you're on the YouTube feed. You've got the subscribe and the notification bell clicked. So you get notified when we go live, and you can participate in that Aloha Live Friday conversation. We have so much fun with that. All right, Jeff. We talked about a potential reunion with Johnny Cueto and what that would mean for the rotation. Uh, but what we haven't talked about this offseason at all are additions to the bullpen, and that's because there I haven't been any. been any. There's not single addition to the bullpen that's been made. Uh, So that really leaves us in a position where it looks like at least on the surface of it right now uh, could change when we get into spring training and other teams start making their cuts. But uh, right now it looks like the reds are rolling with what they got. And that puts us in a position of kind of having to rate how we feel about what they got. Uh, We'll start off easy. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pitch you the softball, get ready, you know, get ready to flex because, the number one guy in this bullpen, the guy you are most confident in heading into
0: 2023 is Alexis Diaz. There you go. It's the very obvious pick because he has become one of the best relief pitchers in baseball. I feel comfortable saying that. In fact, you heard lots of rumors about how the Mets were trying to reunite him with his brother and trying to trade for him. And, and maybe the Reds were asking for too much, which good on him. They should be. Alexis Diaz has shown he has the stuff. He's got that amazing electric, beautiful fastball coupled with a slider that absolutely just buckles batters knees with how great it sweeps out of the zone beautiful pitches that he is able to locate all over the strike zone and out of the strike zone as well to really mess with hitters, um, hitters, eye levels and and their swings and stuff like that. It's a very big no brainer And it's a huge reason why I believe this bullpen has a lot of upside is because he leads it. He is the guy that is going to anchor it. Now, bullpen has lots of question marks too. the upsides there, but there's definitely a pretty low floor because these guys we're going to talk about when it comes to confidence levels. Ooh. Yeah. Not, not, not great. Now, now I'm not saying Alexis Diaz has a 10 out of 10 confidence rating, but I'd say eight out of 10.
1: I think, I think, at that's, with him? I think that's probably fair. I I'm at a seven or eight only because I still think he has some things to learn. I still think, I still think that he has some room to grow, but I will say that I do believe that what we started to see out of him, the second half of the season, uh, and more towards the end of the season, uh, leads me to believe he's going to be the guy. And I think he's going to be good at being the guy. Uh, I don't think it's going to be one of those situations. And we talk about this all the time that, that relief pitchers are, now, they're just they're just a, a, a whole different breed, Pickle and you bones, just never yeah. know what you're going to get from year to year. But I Box don't believe that <laughs> I don't believe that uh, Alexis Diaz is going to suffer from that. I think he's going to come out, pick up right where he left off. He's going to continue to grow. He's going to continue to be good. And I I I agree. Maybe seven to eight out of ten, but that's the highest confidence rating that I have for anybody in the Reds bullpen heading into
0: 2023. Well, Steve. The rest bullpen's like a box of chocolates. Stop it! You just just never just know stop it. what you're gonna get. Oh yeah, God. no. The, the rest of this bullpen, I don't even know that I put their confidence level above a five. I think there's a couple well, of guys that I would put at a five. No, but I think that's I, the
1: I, highest. I'm gonna disagree with you. Uh, my nope. next guy, the next guy for me, if if Alexis Díaz is, is is the standard of this bullpen, the next guy for me is gonna be Luis Sessa. I think that Luis Sessa is. Coming off of a season where he was asked to do a lot of things, he was asked to do a lot of things that were out of his wheelhouse. He performed yeah. admirably in that role. And I think if you put him back in this bullpen, let him focus on his two best pitches, the fact that you know he, we've stretched him out a little bit and he can give you more than an inning at a time now, uh, I'm confident at him at a six, maybe even a seven level to be the seventh, eighth inning guy in front of Alexis Diaz heading into 2023.
0: I, I I don't know that i agree I, I i know that they stretched him out and i like that they they kind of added more to his arsenal by doing that but before he was stretched out he was pitching very bad out of the bullpen he i, I believe his homers per nine was almost two as a relief pitcher i think it was like 1.8 and I don't necessarily know. And I think that this falls under the relief pitchers are a fickle bunch because coming into the year, we we included him in the, you know, bullpen ace, mm-hmm. you know, conversation. Him and Lucas Sims were kind of our 1A, 1B. I'm, I'm not there on Lu- Luis Sessa. I think that he's maybe a 5 or a 6. You could probably convince me he's a 6. I'm not going anywhere near a 7. But I think that if you're calling on Luis Sessa, you can maybe convince me that he's the second most reliable reliever of this bunch however the other guy and this one's going to surprise you the other guy that i think you would make an argument about this is buck farmer i think buck farmer showed me with the strikeout rate and his ground ball rate last season he is the second most reliable reliever of this bunch and i'm saying that more based on health, when you're comparing him to Lucas Sims, Tony Santion, and TJ Antone, I th- I think that the questions of health with those three guys lower my confidence level. And now, if they show that they're healthy again, then we are talking about some guys we can put in the six and seven and you know maybe even eight range if TJ Antone returns to the form that he was pre-second Tommy John surgery, but. You're asking a lot out of the health of that guy. So I look at Buck Farmer and Luis Sessa as the two competitors for the second most reliable, and I put Buck Farmer a little bit ahead of Luis Sessa. So uh, moving down this list now,
1: there's a lot of question marks. You mentioned the guys with the health questions, uh, TJ Antone mm-hmm. being the biggest one. Uh, I'm interested to see how Lucas Sims rebounds coming off of his injuries to see if he can be that guy again. I believe that he can. Uh, but only time is going to show us that uh, the rest of the guys on this list. Some of them we're not even sure if they're going to be in this bullpen. Uh, they right. could be competing for a rotation spot, depending on what happens. But we have Connor Overton in this bullpen. We have Justin Dunn in this bullpen. Uh, we have Fernando Cruz listed as being a potential guy in this bullpen, uh, maybe as the last man to make the team a la, uh, Alexis Diaz last year. So there, there, there's a lot of questions here, you know, of that bunch. I think that, uh, Fernando Cruz probably has the best opportunity to be an impactful bullpen arm, uh, given Mm -hmm. what little bit we saw out of him, plus his minor league numbers. I think that at the end of the day, Connor Overton wants to be a starter. I think that, uh, Justin Dunn wants to be a starter, Although I really feel like everything I've seen from him screams leave him in the bullpen.
0: Mm. I think I think by the end of the season, we'll see Justin Dunn in the bullpen. I think that the Reds will still begin this year, whether he is the fifth starter out of camp or he is a starter in Louisville for a little bit to kind of be like that, you know, sixth guy that you can bring up in case of a spot start. I think that they're going to begin the year with him out of the rotation. If he continues to show what we saw last year, and that is something that you were first on, and I kind of I agree with you, is that it seems like his future is out of the bullpen, then I agree. But I don't think he starts the year In the bullpen, I think Connor Overton more than likely is kind of like your long relief type dude who, okay, the starter had a rough day. You know, like say Hunter Green's fastball is just not working. He's giving up long balls, he's giving up walks. So you bring Overton in in like the fifth inning to sort of be that gap between what the starter wasn't going to give you and between what you're going to ask the bullpen to do. I could see that being his most effective role Mm -hmm. fernando cruz i agree with you i think fernando cruz is very intriguing now small sample size last year but he showed some good stuff and this winter he has continued that i believe uh, he's only given up two runs in the mexican winter league so i think that you're looking at a dude who is definitely coming in with some some momentum as much as momentum can be had in baseball it's Mm -hmm. not a huge thing in baseball but he's coming in with a little bit of positive momentum behind him and i'd be interested to see what he can do and just kind of a, a final word on, on the injured guys on the guys who are coming back from uh, as long as they're healthy they're going to be in the bullpen that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that I'm going to just because they're healthy on opening day I'm going to increase their confidence level right now all three of those guys are fives for me because Santeon and Sims and Antone have done it before but I have a lot less confidence that they can continue that high level of performance moving forward
1: there's another guy I want to get your thoughts on before we wrap up this segment Jeff because we haven't talked about him yet and that's Rever San Martin. Uh mm-hmm. you know, we thought he was going to be a starter. Uh it turned pretty quickly that that was not going to be the case, but right. you know, he found new life. He went down, he worked on things, he came up and I thought was a, a valuable add to the bullpen in 2022. So moving into 2023, what type of role do you see for him and then what's your confidence level on him for me i think he sits around that five to six confidence level right now i think he needs to show me more to make me a little bit more confident but he feels mm-hmm. like a middle innings kind of guy right now to me
0: this is is interesting because normally i'm the one that's on the optimistic side for him i'm a little bit more cautious i would say cautiously optimistic i give him a four or a five confidence level i agree with you middle innings type dude i'm not going to give him especially for everybody's healthy i'm not going to give him a setup role right out of the gate i think that he could definitely be valuable rolling up against other teams left-handed hitters making them turn over the lineup bring some guys off the bench that sort of deal i, I he was very inconsistent last year it felt like you know he was bad they sent him down to triple a they bring him back up he's good Then he slows down a little bit, and then Mm -hmm. they send him back down, bring him back up. It was one of those guys that was almost like you almost have to hit the reset button every so often to get him back going again. Mm -hmm. I I do agree with you. I think I've seen the talent there with that lefty slider that he can just absolutely murder left-handed hitters with, but I'm not necessarily sure that I have a lot of confidence in him in being consistent with that slider. So, yeah, I'd say four out of five or four to five out of ten, and maybe a sixth inning guy.
1: So there's a few more guys that we haven't touched on. Let's just run through them real quick. And if anybody jumps out at you, uh, you know, Ian Jabalt is going to compete to be a member of this bullpen. Uh, Daniel Duarte is going to compete to be a member of this bullpen. And Joe Kunal is going to compete to be a member of this bullpen. I think of those three guys, I'm probably, you know, the highest on Joe Kunal, maybe. Mm. Um, Daniel Duarte, I think, you know, could show us something and i don't know what to make of ian jabal i i, I mean is he was he all right he's okay he, he gives hope for people that are in our particular um athletic condition to compete at the highest levels yeah. of major league baseball i mean yeah, amazing, you know if man, that guy yeah. can do it maybe you and i can do it i don't know um but <laughs> i'm not i'm not super big on any of those guys i guess is what i'm saying
0: i think of the three of them one of them makes the bullpen and i think it's joe coo and yeah, Joe Kunal is a guy that he actually did pretty decently with his strikeout rate last year, but his, his problems always been the walks. Can he, can he limit the walks next year moving forward? I don't know. I, I think that of the three, I want to see more from Joe Kunal. I would like to see a little bit more from Daniel Duarte because his season got cut short very quickly. I think he only mm-hmm. had like three or four appearances last year before he got hurt. And then we mm-hmm. just never saw him again, but yeah I, I think of those three guys yeah, i don't he went have much on the, confidence he went on
1: the, is that guy still on this team list yeah. he was on that list over there yeah
0: and when in september we took a look around we're just like how many guys have played for this team this year oh yeah i remember daniel duarte he was one of them yeah, he was one of them but uh yeah i, I think i put a confidence level joe kunal at four and that's the highest of those three yep i agree
1: well i think the big takeaway jeff is there's some potential There could be a lot of upside. There could be a lot of downside. There's a lot of question marks.
0: That's the big takeaway on the Reds bullpen heading into 2023. 100%, Steve. But, you know, a familiar face has shown up in a new place, and it's in division. Coming up, we're going to tell you uh, how worried we are about Tucker Barnhart being behind the plate in Chicago. That's Tucker Barnhart Before we get into that, though, wanted to let you know you can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time, thank you so much for watching us here. Make sure you click that subscribe button and you click the bell to get notified whenever we go live and we have new content for you. Like we're going to go live tomorrow on the Aloha edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow me at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at locked on reds and uh There was one other thing, and and we were talking about the bullpen there for a minute, but uh, one other thing I wanted to note, I did see that Art Warren got signed to a minor league contract by the New York Yankees, so we will not be seeing him back. I was wondering if maybe he was going to be a guy that the Reds could bring back on a minor league deal. Uh, I know they did that with Jared Solomon. They did that with, I think, Joe Uh, there There's a couple of different folks that they've done that with, and um, Art Warren will not be one of them. Uh, Steve, though, he's
1: he's Stacy's problem now.
0: Yeah, Stacy Stacy's going to have some. he showed potential, man. He really did. He just just never got a chance to really dive into it and really develop for the Reds. You know, one guy that we know quite well, Tucker Barnhart didn't have that great of a year in Detroit, found himself a free agent, and he is now a Chicago Cub. Are we worried about this?
1: Well, let's let's set this up. He signed a two year deal with the Chicago Cubs for six point five million dollars. He's coming off a season in Detroit where he was really not that great, Jeff. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, he was better than everybody not named Stevenson that caught for the Reds, but his OPS plus for the Detroit Tigers was 64. Now, instead of going out and getting him, the Reds signed Kurt Casale. Uh, they signed Casali to a one-year deal with a team option. Uh, one year, $2.5 million, $750,000 buyout uh, if they don't want to pay him the second year, which would also be a $2.5 million. So if they don't pick up his option, he ends up costing the same thing that Tucker cost the Cubs this, this season, year, he's going to yeah. cost the Reds. Uh, the difference being, uh, Kurt Casali had himself a nice little season, uh, splitting time between the San Francisco giants and the Cincinnati Reds West, the Seattle Mariners, uh, Kurt Casale put up an 86 OPS plus combined playing for those two teams. So uh, about 20% better than the season that Tucker Barnhart had for the Tigers. Uh, you know, Tucker has always kind of had the edge defensively when you compare him to Kurt Casali, But I think uh, if we're talking about the value that the Reds are going to get uh, in the dollars that they're spending, I like the fact that they signed Kurt Casale. Um, you know, yeah. a reunion with Tucker might have been nice, but, you know, it's starting to look like Tucker's best days of baseball might be behind him. And uh, I don't know that the difference in defense would make up for that twenty percent uh, offensive uh, production. So for me, I I, I like the Kurt Casale signing. You know, I'm I'm. It's gonna be a little weird seeing Tucker in division playing for the Cubs. Yeah. Uh, at least it's not the Cardinals, I guess. Um, uh, but sure. could be worse. I, I don't know. You know, I don't think Tucker moves the needle that much. I don't no. think that. I don't think that he he is that would have been that big of a difference maker. I like what the reds have done with the uh, i guess catcher's room i don't know what you do that how you do that in baseball in football we talk about the receivers room the quarterback room like the catcher's room what are we doing um maybe it's i like i like the group the catcher's group i don't know whatever we're calling that i like the upgrades that the reds have made to that position between 22 and 23 Uh, and i I don't I, I don't i don't think tucker's that big of a difference maker
0: no, and I, I honestly think that at the end of the season, now Tucker may very well get more playing time than Kirk Casale, but I think the rate stats, the batting average, the on base, the slugging, it's probably going to be better. You don't think he's going to get as much?
1: I, the, okay, you know, I'm good for at least one hot take every day, right? My hot take is this I think Kirk Casale is going to get probably an equal amount of playing time. Now, he might not get the same number okay. of starts. But I think the Reds are setting up a future where Tyler Stevenson uh, moves around quite a bit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we could see games where Tyler might start out behind the plate and finish the game at first base. We would see Kirk Casale in those situations. They brought in Kirk Casale to be catcher one B. He's not the backup. He's the flexibility to keep Tyler Stevenson's bat in the lineup for the 150 games. I want it in the lineup. So I think Kirk Casale, if healthy is going to get a ton of playing time.
0: I love, but, but I do agree with you. I look at this and I say, I would rather have Kirk Casale over Tucker Barnhart. And there was also reports that, you know, the reds did reach out to Tucker Barnhart earlier on this offseason, but that he was still looking for a one, a gig. He was still looking to be the guy. And I find it interesting because the Cubs obviously lost Wilson Contreras. He goes to St. Louis. Uh, the Cubs were in on a number of different catchers and just never got any of them. And, and then now they have Tucker Barnhart. I wonder almost if they've got a little bit of, well, we've got a top prospect that's close to coming up. I don't know the Cubs farm system to tell you who that is, but maybe there, there's something there. I, just, I, I look at where Tucker is in his career, and I look at where Kurt is in their career, and I think they're about the same guy and I think that the Reds did well to not hamstring them to a guy who's still looking to be the guy of the catchers' room, catchers' dugout. I'm going to say catchers' dugout. Um, but I, I think that they've also got them a little bit cheaper too, which is uh, it's nice for their roster building. I'm not necessarily advocating for the Reds to go cheap on stuff here, but I think that overall when you compare these two guys, I think Kirk Casale was the better get if you're still with us on the youtube feeds or on twitter uh comment with what
1: we should call this thing Is it the catchers, catchers. what is it i don't like catchers dugout uh, catchers room feels very football ish um catchers. we need we need something guys you go you 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 our listeners never let me down so in the comments tell me what we're going to call this thing uh we need to come up with it but the, the catching battery They catch well, but that's the pitcher. That's the Mm -hmm. that involves the pitcher. So, yeah, I I, I trust our viewers, they're going to come up with something for us. Listen, I think the Reds are getting better value for the money that they're spending uh, out of what is going to be catcher 1B. Uh, You know, I wish Tucker well, just not when he's playing the Reds. And I think that. Is probably where we will wrap it up for today. Uh, Thanks for making uh, this edition of of the Locked On Res podcast your first listen. Now go make your second listen, uh, the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast with Lindsey Crosby. We're back to talking about Lindsey. We love Lindsey. Lindsey knows his stuff. He is a prospect encyclopedia. Uh, He's going to go deep into the major league, uh, minor league systems and tell you about the stars of tomorrow today. I think that was a Disney ride. I'm not sure. Uh, the, the MLB prospect. Oh, God, I've screwed this up. The MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Go and give it a listen. Listen, Jeff, I can clearly can't read today. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Lindsay's <laughs> podcast, but tell people what's going on with this one.
0: Well, make sure that you check us out tomorrow in our live Aloha edition. Make sure you're active in the comments section. We'll be taking questions. We'll be taking comments. Uh, We might have to get Lindsay on here soon uh, to talk about the Reds farm system and talk about uh, what the Reds are going to do with their draft pick coming up next year. But that that'll come up here uh, soon in the offseason. But as we go through the offseason, we will be all over the waiver wire. We will be all over the moves that the Reds make because they are locked on Reds every single day.